Hi, my name is Jonathan Darty, and I'm the founder of Gateway to Freedom, and I used to be addicted to porn and sex. Gateway to Freedom is our workshop for men who want to overcome any kind of sexual struggle or stronghold. It's conducted over three days in a safe, private setting with professional counselors and experts in dealing with sexual brokenness issues. Now, space at each workshop is limited to ensure the highest quality of personal attention. And the workshop is available throughout the year in several locations around the United States. Hundreds of men over the years have found hope and healing through Gateway to Freedom, and I believe you can too. Our next workshop is coming up December 6th through the 8th in Texas. You can register by calling 1-800-49-PURITY, that's 1-800-497-8748, or by visiting BeBroken.com. Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. I'm Jonathan, and I'm here with Steven. So, how's it going Yes. Today? Hey, you shed the sweater since the last time I saw you. Uh, it's warming up it's in warming here, up but in here, it was yeah. cold earlier, and there were big threats of a freeze. We're in South Texas, so ooh. Actually, this morning, when I, uh, out at our property, because we're out in the country, it was 28 degrees. Oh, it I, did freeze your so way. It was, it was, it was 35 cold. or something. For I was so. scrambling around the other day, you know, covering my my faucets outside and everything. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, uh. I, I don't care about the plants, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they grow back my, my, or well, we just, or get my, new ones. My wife and I have determined that any garden that we're going to have that's going to look decent has to be made of metal, <laughs> you know, painted metal. <laughs> so... Um, that's good. Well, listeners, we are glad that you're with us. Um, as we do every now and then, we let you know that we're a listener-supported broadcast, you know, and especially as we're coming up on the end of another year, I know that some people like to make plans in terms of what their year-end giving looks like. And we would just ask that you would prayerfully consider our ministry as uh, a ministry that you would be willing to pour into and, and invest in, because uh, we have seen just God use us over the last 16 years in a, in a way that we are so astounded, because um, all we seek to do is try to uh, invite people in to a safe place to know how their lives can intersect mm-hmm. with Jesus in a transforming way. And um, we've just seen life after life after life over the years be transformed by that intersection. And so if you would like to come alongside and partner with us, just go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. We'd be very, very grateful. Uh, so Stephen, we're going to talk about something that we are all too familiar with in this ministry, Ooh. and that is closed husbands. Mm. What do you What do you mean by that? You mean and, they wear clothes? What are you saying? No, here, no, John? closed. <laughs> oh, C L O S E D. Oh, okay. I thought this was going to be a fashion show. No, right? no, no. Got to no. go somewhere else for that. Okay, so we talk to men at uh, Gateway to Freedom Weekend, and they're always gracious, and they always say, "Yes, you can use anything that you heard here this weekend." And so a thought from one of the men um, jumped out at me, and I thought, we should do a podcast about that. The whole idea of being closed, private, inside, you know? Mm -hmm. So this guy's telling me a story, and he said, my father never hugged me. And my father never told me he loved me. But he was a good man. He was in church every Sunday, and he helped other people. If they had problems, he would help them. And My father was a really good man. And no, I can't think of many weaknesses that he has. 
you know, he was home and he worked and he provided and we didn't go without. He was a good man. Now, if you know our friend Lee Preston, he would have kicked that guy in the shorts and shaken him and <laughs> spun him around three times. He's one of the counselors that is also uh, works with us at our Texas workshops. Yeah, because he said, that makes no sense at all. Your dad is a good man because he took care of other people. He never told you he loved you. He never hugged you. He never really enjoyed his own son. Mm. And yet, in that language of my father, and this is not about whether a father was good or not, okay? So here's my rule. We honor our fathers, but we are honest about our fathers. Right. And honoring and honesty are two different things. We love them for their sacrifice and their gifts and what they've done, their talents, but we're honest about our fathers. Now, in a lot of places, you can't talk freely because they think you're dishonoring. No, no. Honesty means dad had strengths and dad had weaknesses. That's what honesty means. Now, do you think this guy was being honest about his father? He's, he's, it, he's trying to, in some ways, kind of mix oil and water, right? I mean, he's, he's on the one hand, he's as, he has a particular filter that he's seeing his dad through, almost kind of like a uh, just a, a moral framework, right? Hey, you know, he was he he did um, honest work. He never, you know, cheated anybody. He right. you know, took care of the house and family in terms of financial needs and all that kind of stuff. But then there's this other grid that I think like he's completely blind to, and that is the emotional deficiency or relational uh, deficiencies in his father. You know what I mean? So it's like he's only able to sort of talk about him through that moral grid or that, that you know. Behavioral grid. Yeah, yeah. And so the in, right thing. It's interesting because that, that right there indicates to me where the wound landed in this guy. Because mm-hmm. guess what? I, I can almost assure you he's mirroring his dad in his life now. That's where he pays the bills. He takes care of the lawn. He's making sure he's his neighbors, you know, helped out. But he's also emotionally and relationally deficient. Because was he trained to connect and touch and hug and speak words of love? That's right. And get up close and get in your face and and grab you and hug you and pull you in and tell the world to go away. Mm. We're going to have a little bond here. No, he picked up a template that says you go to work, you provide. You do good things, and you just discount emotions and intimacy and connecting and bonding. Just yeah. you don't need that stuff. So, so w- this is what Lee taught us: when a man is over uh, selling his father, he's also demonstrating his own ignorance about himself. Mm-hmm. Because if dad was good and that's good and we can be behaviorally good and do good and people see us socially good, that's living. And that's all that matters, right? That's the only thing that... And so, so he doesn't know the other part because, because I will challenge a man. I'll say, okay, okay, you said five good things about your dad. He drove the bus whenever the football team needed a driver. He drove the bus. Okay, good. That's good. But now tell me a weakness of your father. And there are guys that go, no, no, I can't think of anything. Hmm. And you understand the inability to see 
we can we, we're overselling one half and we're not owning the other half or letting him have his half but then i don't have to own my half either if we don't talk weakness about him or about me then don't tell me about my weakness wife yeah if we don't if we don't talk about dad being emotionally detached or relationally you know underdeveloped then uh that's not going to come up with me either that's right right? and i don't want to hear it and look here's the good list of all the good things and we honor our fathers but we are honest about our fathers and we love their strengths and we also can handle their weaknesses. And so how does this, so thinking about this story, how does that then translate into this man being a closed husband? So you're telling me that there's like a whole part of his being that is yes. un, unaccessible or. And, and so reality, I put a couple of closed guys together to look like one. Okay. So that's yeah. one piece of one story. Another one said, I have three rules I live by. I don't, understand the emotional stuff. I don't understand myself, number one. Let me get this right. I don't know myself emotionally, and I don't understand difficult emotions, and so I avoid emotions. Well, that makes sense, right? That's logical. And those are, I, <laughs> but those are my three rules. So that if my wife asked to have an emotional conversation or connection, I then refer her to rule number one, two, or three. <laughs> I don't know myself emotionally. I don't understand difficult emotions and conflicts and intensity. And so I avoid all of that. And so when she says, well, can we have a connection? I say, look at rule one, two, or three. But can we, can, I need you to know me. Look at rule one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a little exaggerated. But, but it still plays out. But it's, it's true in some cases. And so. It, it's exaggerated, but it's also clarified. Right, I think a lot of I think a lot of husbands do operate in this way, but they might not have been able to actually articulate it in that way. That's right. That's and that's exactly again, right. That's a, that's also then where so much confusion and frustration comes then in the marriage, right? Because a wife is pressing, a wife is inviting, a wife is trying to pull him out, and he's not he's not able to articulate. I I don't really know myself emotionally. I don't. You know, um, he's certainly communicating through his actions. I avoid right. emotions, but there's not any language around it to know how to talk, to that's even useful. begin the conversation. No, he just wants you to stop being emotional, stop acting like that. Mm-hmm. Why are you bringing all that to me? Do it yourself, right? Put the two pieces together. The rules you live by are connected to where you hugged. And were you pulled in and were you taught the language of emotions and feelings and struggles? And, and if you were pulled in as a child, you know how to pull somebody else in. Mm. If nobody comes to get you and grab you and pull you in, when you're in pain, when you're lonely, when you're struggling, nobody comes to get you. When you get married, you don't know when somebody's in pain, go get them, mm. go hold them, go rescue them, go comfort them right? If it wasn't taught to you, it's a blind spot. And then you get in a relationship and they go, okay, let's do the emotional stuff. But if your trainers didn't give it to you, so then what do you do? Because this guy says, I love logic. I just love logic. I know logic. Logic is my friend. I use logic and logic has worked well for me. 
And you can, you know who these guys are, right? These are the, the math guys, the engineer guys, the IT guys, the, the guys that get lost in, in, in patterns of numbers. Math. And, yeah, yeah, math. Yeah. And they get good at it, and they get affirmed by it, and they get labels and title by figuring out these formulas and using these things, and they do it all in their head. It gives them value, it gives them identity, and, and it gives them a place in life, and they get good paychecks, and, and I mean, right? Dampen down one half, supersize the other half. Mm-hmm. So, um, any thoughts? But what's interesting is, okay, here's a guy who's saying, I love logic, I know logic, I use logic, and the reality is I'd actually push back on that. I said, uh, actually, that's not quite true, because let's apply logic to your three rules there. <laughs> Go on, keep going. I don't know myself emotionally. I do not understand difficult emotions. I avoid emotions, and yet I'm in a covenant love relationship Ooh. that God has said is to be two becoming one. Logically, I cannot hold to those first three rules and have a oneness relationship with my wife. Oh, it doesn't make sense because so yeah, you only what I would say to this guy together. is. You only use logic where you want to use logic. Mm. You don't use it across the board in your life because otherwise it would expose the deficiencies and the weaknesses and the fallacies in your thinking. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because, hey, logic is just a way because of processing information. But your that, wife is inviting you to that thought. Right. And then what, what's his response, do you think? And his response is, I'm going to ignore mm. my use of logic <laughs> to my own emotional system because I don't want to have to face the difficulty of that. Because again, like you said, it wasn't modeled for him. He doesn't have right. any kind of he doesn't have any and kind I, of experience. I appreciate with, what you said, the difficulty, the yeah. overwhelming difficulty. Why did he not pick up some emotional development along the way? Why did, you know, because you become very strong and, and clear and successful and powerful and And you mentioned earlier about how a lot of these tend to be it's not always true, but you know, there tends to be, especially the guys that gravitate towards logic and stuff, you know, your engineers, your math guys or whatever, is that there seems to be, there's far less fear surrounding getting a math problem incorrect versus oh. getting a relationship incorrect. And what I mean by that is in a, in a, in a lot of these guys' minds, it's like, I'm not, um, I don't have the same kind of connection to a math problem that is expected of me in my marriage. In other words, I can just keep working with the numbers and I can just keep pressing up because eventually there are laws that right. will get me to the correct answer. And I can I can study those and I can but I don't have to have a personal emotional relationship with those numbers and those yeah. laws. Over here I now have a wife that doesn't operate by any of those mathematical laws. And she's inviting me into a space of trying to know that. And it's like, I don't have a tool for that. I don't have, I don't have resources for that. Yeah. Right. I'm ordered. I'm structured. I'm fixed. I live by my rules and your emotions look like chaos. They Mm -hmm. just look like random chaos and you want to suck me into this void. And I'll tell you the other thing that happens in these pictures is that mom was very emotional, mm-hmm. and dad was not. And so dad and son sort of came up with a code going, we're not going to be like mom. Mm-hmm. Mom's too emotional. She cries. She breaks down. She's sad. That looks like crazy. 
We're not going to look like mom, right? So, so he says, you know what? Logic got me here. Emotion scares me and confuses me, but logic is safe. It's neat. It's tidy. I'm secure in my logic. Mm-hmm. I am lost and powerless in emotions. Yeah. And I think it gets back to this idea of, of when we can connect to things that have very rigid rules. And let's just be honest. I don't care. I don't care how post post modern we are. You cannot post modernize math. Like, I mean, there's no such thing as a as a post modern engineer. <laughs> At some point, the laws of physics are going to require you to build that bridge in a certain way. Otherwise, you can't be you can't be subjective about how you build a bridge. Mm. At some point, you got laws of gravity. You've got all these kinds of things that you have to build it in a particular way in order for it to uh, work. So you, me, you then go over again into a relationship and you have what can appear to this man as a fluidity to the rules. Now, I'm not saying that there are no rules or no guiding principles or no laws that, in relationships. We know that. You know, you, you mentioned before, you know, quite a while back at points in time, you know, that how John Eldridge has, has talked about how there's a way that things work. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. So we're not saying that, oh, it's, it, it is utter chaos. It is total pandemonium. No, there are there are still rules, so to speak. I would even argue with this guy that there's still a type of logic to a healthy relationship. Well, and I, but, I was going to say that. If you think about emotions, there's a lot of logic in emotions. Absolutely. Right? Because think about it. Your wife has one story. That's it. She doesn't have 10 stories or 2,500 stories or she's not a, a female today and a male tomorrow and she didn't live in the United States this week and last month she was in Colombia and the month before that she was in Germany. Right, yeah. No, there's no, a pattern. There's, yeah. a, there's always a pattern. The question is, do you want to learn the patterns in emotions? Because if your wife, cry, wife cries, she might cry for an hour or if she gets mad, she might get mad for two hours or three hours or overnight and the next day she resets if you look at the patterns and you want to learn the patterns, you can use logic. And here's, I'll tell you, I'll speak from my own personal experience of maybe some of the reasons why men really struggle to dive into this, oh, this area and why they prefer to stay closed. Absolutely, there's a fear element there, right? Mm-hmm. But I want to press a little bit, and I mean, at the risk of actually being offensive to some of our listeners, but I think sometimes we need to be offended uh, in terms of, <laughs> to recognize where we're deficient yeah. right where we're broken is i think there's also a, a pride and a selfish motivation there as well mm. because we're told that where our treasure is there our heart will be also in, okay. in other words what we are willing to put action into and investment into reveals where our heart actually is so if, if essentially i'm saying as a husband all of my investment is in my career. Mm. I'm showing where my heart really is. Because here's the here's the bottom line: is in my profession, even not if yeah yeah your the, career or whatever field you're pursuing to succeed, that is so highly valued. And essentially, then if I'm saying I will put zero hard work investment into knowing my wife, I'm showing my heart is not actually there. Oh wow! So the thing is, some of That's this good. is a revelation of where our hearts actually are. Now, again, like I said, there can be a fear element there, just an ignorance and we don't know and all that. 
But when we dig down deep, it's like it's not a it's not as if we are asking a husband to do something that he has absolutely no capacity yeah, to do. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Everybody has Every capacity. Every person has a capacity to, to connect with connect. someone else. Yeah, bond, yes. And so sometimes, I'm not saying this is all of what it is, but sometimes it does come down to, I don't want to do the work mm. that it's really going to take to grow in this area. So you would say pride. I think that's one one element, yeah. pride yeah, and selfishness, yeah. yeah. Okay, and they go together. Pride and selfishness go together because the other is fear, mm-hmm. right? I'm a very heavily fear-driven, meaning I think fear drives everything. Mm. And then, and but I think, you know, the Bible talks about pride a lot. Mm-hmm. And so there's something about the self also in there, right? And it can manifest in ways, I, I, I tell people all the time, we th- when we think of pride, often we only think about arrogance, yeah. right? I think pride can manifest in laziness too, because essentially I'm saying I don't want to do the work. It's still pride. It's still oh, it's I want it to be I, my I, way. I, 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 right. It's still saying I don't want to do the work to know you. That's pride. But pride is too too much I centered, right? Yeah, it's still saying. I look at pride as saying any time that I want to ultimately make it about me. And laziness can be that. I'm really making it about me. But, my, and what I want. Right. It's what I want. I want to be lazy or I want to be really good at math and my career. Or, it, but it's too much I. And I would say this too. A lot of times what, what gets born out of that is mm. when we're talking about these closed husbands. Interesting. Is, and let's think of it this way. You mentioned earlier about how you, you kind of cut the guy in half. You know, he's got this really over, over you know, celebrated or overdriven half. And then he's got this underdeveloped half, right? Um if you think about the underdeveloped half and him basically saying, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I, that creates a laziness that actually can then mean that he's still also trying to control mm-hmm. his circumstance, control his relationship. Right. So if he, if he, if he even begins to know that he's actually shut down the, in this area, but then chooses to say, I don't really want to grow in that area. Then he's still trying to control the relationship. He's basically saying to his wife, Hey, I don't want to know you in that way. And so, but I want to, you know, keep the relationship or whatever. I want to still be in control of outcomes and how this all works out. But see, I think that all circles around pride Mm -hmm. because pride is about the self and, and why? Because I think somehow it's like a survival. Pride is like a survival thing. This is what I know. This is what I want to do. This is what I can do. This is the best way for me to live. To be lazy is the best way for me to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's not living. It's just coping. But but it's interesting because we survive or we live in fear, right? We're talking about a couple of things that drive us. Mm-hmm. That's good. So So there's a lot of logic and emotions. Why is that true? Because we pick certain words, angry. If you listen to somebody talk, they use the same emotional words over and over again. Mm, that's true. They don't have like 3,000 emotional words. They're hang- angry, they're hurt, they're lonely, they're tired, they're frustrated, you know. Well, I use maybe 15 or 20 emotional words, that's it. And then we probably have two or three go-tos. Yeah, like, that, that are that's the, absolutely really the defaults. That's you right. Know? And so there's there's a lot of logic in that if you want to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. But the point is that I am too scared to go in there or my sur- my pride and survival says I must stay here. I must stay here. I can't go over there. Yeah. 
for whatever reason, I can't, and maybe back to the fear of the unknown, but I can camp here and succeed, right? So, so what does she want? Your wife wants to talk. She wants to tell her story. Because when we tell our story, we bond. And when I'm telling you my story, I'm bonding, then you're knowing me. And as I know you and you know me, we sort of carry one another, mm-hmm. right? We, well, I want you to understand and press in. Let me tell the story and you ask questions so we have some understanding. And then you tell your story and I'll understand your story. And in this bonding, storytelling, uh, intimacy and oneness occurs. Mm-hmm. No storytelling, no bonding, no talking, no bonding, right? Yeah. We have a disconnect. You do your thing, I do mine. But unless I talk, unless I tell you my story, stories full of emotional pain and sadness, and you comfort me in the sadness, we bond. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to say, well, just suck it up and just lie, fix it and just stop it, if you're going to push me away with logic, no bonding. That's good. So I want to get, I know we've only got a few minutes left and you've, you know, you've kind of built this where we're talking about this guy who has these, you know, three rules. I don't know myself emotionally. I don't understand difficult emotions. I avoid emotions. And then the idea of this logic and then understanding the, that there's even a logic to emotions and then being able to understand then what is really, what is really a wife wanting in this? What does a healthy relationship look like? So tell us like the difference between maybe this old model and new model that you've got on this sheet here because you talk about the old model being logic brain right mm. logical brain okay um and then but there's a new model and i want us to close with that so that okay. guys can kind of understand hey how can i make this shift so that i'm not stuck in old underdeveloped deficient you know emotionally relationally detached man mode mm-hmm. so old brain is what's the problem Fix the problem. You're sort of irrelevant. So logical brain. Right? Logical yeah. brain is, is what's the problem? Fix the problem. I don't sort of need to know you. If they're rude to you at work, don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. If your friend doesn't want to be your friend, don't be your friend. Tell me the problem and I'll tell you a solution. I don't really care yeah. about you. I don't need you. I just need the problem and I need to give you a solution. Right? That's logic brain. And let's just be clear there are times in which that's good in terms of just operating in life. Yes. Yes. What we're trying to say here is this is not the best way to approach relationships. But most close people need to hear that's not going to work. Yeah. Right. And if here's, here's how I cue a logical brain. If she says, what should I do? Keep the dog or get rid of the dog. Then you tell me, keep the dog. What should I do? If I don't ask you what should I do, don't tell me what to do. Hmm, that's good. Because logic yeah. brain will always automatically tell you what to do. <laughs> that's good. But you don't know. You don't need me. Yeah. But when I say, because everything is a process until they ask that one question. And that's when you say, hey, sometimes it's good to have logic brain. Do I keep the old car by a new car? I don't know what to do. Okay, well, logical brain will say it'll cost you this much and that much, yeah. and you got this much on the tires and the battery, and you got the battery. So then what you're saying is this this new model then is getting into the emotional Absolutely. Side. So new brain, new model is ask more questions. Be curious about your wife. Remember, she is a self-running, self-sustaining adult. She'll fix her own problems. Just let her talk. 
And in, in 98% of the time, she'll come to her own conclusion. Now, 2% of the time, she'll say, what should I do? Then you tell her. But 98% of the time, ask more questions. Mm. Be interested. Realize that this is an adult who solves her own problems, who doesn't need your logical brain to make her life wonderful. She solves her own problems by herself. She grew up. Years ago, you, you said something that I, that's always stuck with me, and I, I have to admit I'm only about 50-50 on really employing it uh, consistently. But you said uh, you shared what the three words are that every woman wants to hear more than any three words out there. And everybody always thinks, oh, it's I love you, right? It's like, no, no, no. It's tell me more. <laughs> and I think that's what you're talking about here, right? Be curious and just say, tell me more, tell me more. So, you know? okay, this is going to be, this may be funny. It might be marginally offensive. I don't know, but, but we're a little edgy. You want to give her a, an emotional orgasm? <laughs> say, honey, tell me more. Yeah. Just keep talking. I just want to hear you talk, dear. What what else would you tell me? And she'll just have this, oh, he cares. He wants to know. Mm-hmm. He's listening. He's pressing. Remember, in the story starts with a father doesn't tell the boy he loves him, and he doesn't get in his space. He doesn't grab him. He doesn't nurture him. And and as the man grows up and gets smarter and gets good, he says to her, tell me more. Mm. I'm in your story. I'm interested in you. I believe in you. You're an adult. You can fix your problems. You just want me to listen to you. Yeah. So I'm going to listen long and hard, and I'm going to say my magical words. Tell me more. Tell yeah. me more. And I think it's important, listeners, as we wrap up here, just to men, remember that if we if we are... If we continue to live a closed life, we are going to be incredibly lonely and empty. God made us for connection. He made mm-hmm. us for intimacy, um, not merely in a sexual way in a marriage. He made us for community. And so if, we, if, if we're unwilling to deal with the emotional deficiencies in our lives, we're going to miss out on so much of what mm-hmm. life was made for. So we want to help you along the way. Please reach out to us at puresexradio.com or on Twitter at Pure Sex Radio, and we look forward to having you back here again next time. Take care. Thank you. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.